Anthony Matheus de Santos from the favela of Sao Paulo, Brazil, named Infernino, or Little Hell, to signing for the biggest club in the world with an Eredivisie transfer record and scoring on his debut for Manchester United. I'm joined by my co-host in Dill. I've never cringed so hard in my life at an intro. <laughs> it's class, come on. It's class. Yeah, it's great. On this episode, we're going to discuss um, the game on Sunday versus Arsenal, VAR and some of the, the refereeing decisions in, in the Premier League. Um, will Haaland break the goal-scoring records this season? And do Manchester United favour English players? That's in reference to Eric Bailly's comments. And we're going to preview United's first game on the road to Europa League glory. Whoa, Let's get whoa, into it. Whoa, whoa. Righty-o, let's start. Uh, Arsenal versus Manchester United. I just want to say from the start, I don't think this... Oh, it's, the podcast thing started again. There we go, it's off. Um, I don't think there's any team I like beating more than Arsenal just because of the fan base. Yeah. It is, it is the worst fan base. I mean, it, you can even see since it's... Um, since the game's happened, just there's so much focus on that VR decision, which ultimately it was the right decision. Like, mm-hmm. come on. And, you know, saying that they dominated the game as well, it just it's, it's pretty it's pretty pathetic. But yeah, let's uh what what do you what are your thoughts on the game? I I agree with that sentiment. I can't stand Arsenal fans either. I probably would say I'd rather beat Liverpool because obviously they're bigger rivals and I hate the club more. Yeah. But in terms of fan base, Arsenal are right up there. The delusion, just every single season, how they put themselves on a pedestal despite not being at the top of the English game for almost 20 years is, is astounding. Um, but yeah, if we're going to get into the game, Arsenal fans said they dominated. They dominated possession. They didn't dominate the game. Mm. Um, you know, you can you can have all the ball of you, you want in our own half in non-threatening positions. But if you're not going to make that killer pass or, you know, find that cutting edge and put the ball in the back of the net, apart from when De Gea is not in his goal and you've got an open net to shoot in, then you can't really... I don't get how you can be fully happy with your team's performance and say that you deserve to win. Just because you had the ball in the good areas a lot doesn't mean that you deserve to win. You didn't create chances. We had five clear-cut chances in that game. Arsenal had two. Um, so, yeah, I just think they had a lot of the ball, didn't do enough with it. We were clinical on the counter-attack and it doesn't always have to be pretty. And as we said, it's going to take time for Ten Hag to get this full, you know, fully flourished football that we want to see. But it was very, very good. I was very impressed. Great in transition. Very good defensively. Arsenal fans as well. If you want to win a football match, you've also got to be good defensively. And they weren't that at all. Man United were. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did. I wasn't sat there thinking there's no way we're conceding here. There's no way we're conceding a second or a third. Because that's what I've been used to with Man United in the last few years. But it didn't really come that close did they other than the goal yeah Odegaard had a chance where he was pretty much 10 yards out and hit it out for a throw in nearly I don't know what the fuck he was doing but (laughs) apart from that they didn't really have you know they didn't hit the post they didn't force any really good saves from De Gea apart from that one from Martinelli's header in the Mm -hmm. first half which to be honest I think you should be saving anyway I don't think it was you know a world-class save or anything like that by any means you'd be upset if you keep it make that um so yeah they didn't really threaten too much it's a lot of dead possession and, yeah, I, I, it's not even anti-football, man. People are sitting there saying, you only won because of this, you only won because of the VAR decision. Just suck it up and admit that you were the second best team. And it's the first time you played a decent team this season and you fucking lost. It's as simple as that for me. I don't care about any of the decisions. Yeah. And we'll get into them in a bit anyway, won't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, like like you said, I mean, other than the goals, which we scored three, so they scored one. Mm. I mean, like you said, I think we had the... the better chances really you, know, you had that Bruno chance where uh, Ramsdale just passed Fred the ball um, and that you know he tried to dink it over him that was a that was a that was a great chance you had um, I mean like you say other than that Martinelli header there was Saka that turned 
malice you and then flash, yeah, yeah, flash it across it. Yeah, but I, I mean, they're they're not. It wasn't like wasn't the, the best chances uh, that they had. We had an Ericsson volley that was early on from a Delo cross as well yeah, that, mm-hmm. that that was came relatively close. And yeah, like you say, possession doesn't mean doesn't mean anything if you're not converting shots on target. They had three shots on target, as many goals as what we had. So I mean, say that we didn't, they didn't, uh, they deserve the victory is is, is madness. Um, also, I think a pivotal moment was after they scored the first because they looked really good, and then we kind of got the goal against runner play. They looked like they were pushing for a second, and then we had that. I would blame Arteta and I'll blame the defence for just being so open that I think that goal came from three passes. The it third went... goal are you on about or the second? The the second. The, yeah. the third the second... came more from the subs, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I th- was it the second or the third that was three passes and that were in? I think it was the third. Like, um... but, but it was just Arteta just overcommitting. They had loads of time they were the, the dominant team and just overcommitting on the halfway mark, that great ball from Bruno to, mm-hmm. to release Rashford. And it's, yeah, it was just entirely their fault because they, they looked like at that moment when they got the third, uh, the, when they got the, the, the equaliser, all the momentum was with them. And you know how good United had been on the, on the counter-attack. So, and to be honest, I don't know what the defending was. All this raving about how good Saliba and Gabriel are as, as a partnership. All these combined 11s where I think that I've been seeing on TikTok where they, we've basically got one player in and it's Casemiro yeah. uh, who didn't even start the game. I mean, it is... It is I, do it quite is like, I do quite like Saliba. I don't think Gabriel's yeah. all that, to be honest. But I do quite rate Saliba. I just think... It wasn't as much loads of defensive errors, was it? It was just more them trying too hard. And I think that naivety from Arteta came a lot more after we scored that second goal away from like Vieira and Ketia mm. and someone else. And then he just had no midfield. Too many players high up the pitch. And the first time we got the ball in a forward position, we were through on goal. Because the line they played was ridiculously high. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of teams come to Old Trafford and go to any ground and play a high line. City, Liverpool, us, now Arsenal, maybe not as much Chelsea. But you know what I mean? But it was it was the lack of structure before that as well. They had no midfield and then just one pass through. And it was so easy for us. It just really left themselves vulnerable. I don't really know what he was playing at. Like you said, they still had... I think after that Rashford goal, we've added time, probably close to 25 minutes left to at least grab one goal and salvage the unbeaten record and get a decent point. Um, but he just seemed to throw the kitchen sink at it way too early. Those are the kind of subs you make with five minutes left, not 25. So I don't really know what he was thinking there, but thank you, um, Mikel Tapas. Thank you very much, mate. <laughs> and are you happy with United? Because it seems like going into big games, that is going to be the... In fact, it's not even big games because we've seen Southampton have more possession than, than United. It's not... Like we said, we we said in previous games that we're a bit d- disappointed with. Yes, we won the game, but we're a bit disappointed with kind of how the end result came about against like Leicester and in, in Southampton with yeah. us not dominating the ball. I think, and to be honest, with the amount of signings that we have made, um, you can say it's it, it is basically a ten hag team already. Really, I know it's going to take a while to implement his style, but. You know he could he could easily have five of the eleven. I mean, you could put Anthony on the right, obviously Casemiro, Eriksson, uh, Malasia, Martinez. I mean, that's five out of the eleven. That's most of the team, a ten hag team. You mm-hmm. could start with that, and then you know if you've got most of the players that are that that you've signed, then surely you're you, you should be able to implement your your style of play as well and start to dominate. Um, but yeah. would you be happy with us continuing in that manner? Obviously, the result is the most important thing, but mm. especially against lesser teams, you know, uh, outside of the top four, outside of the top six, mm. would you want to see us dominating, uh, dominating the game more and keeping trying to control the game a lot more than what we have been doing? Um, I think we played a lot better than we did in a Liverpool game, in the Leicester game, in the Southampton game. Like, I know we're, again, not defensive, but, you know, a bit more reactive in, in, instead of proactive. And, you know, we didn't dominate possession and everything like that, and it wasn't the prettiest win ever. But I do think we, I've seen a big improvement from that first win against Liverpool to now, to be honest. I think we did dominate a lot better. 
I think we rode our luck a lot more against Liverpool, if I'm honest, which is expected because they are a better team on paper. But um, I think I think I've been a bit harsh in past weeks saying I want to see this, I want to see that, and that still does ring true. And I think that's a valid point to be fair. But obviously, it's going to take time for him to get his philosophy across. He's got a lot of players in positions that he probably doesn't want, namely David de Gea. You know, defence is the first one for tap really in Eric Ten Hag style of play, and without him, a decent goalkeeper who can use his feet, he's not going to be able to do that. So I think in terms of stuff like that, not just De Gea, I'm not just scapegoating him, but with the other holes in the squad and other people that might not quite be able to do what he wants, a lack of a proper number nine who can hold the ball, ball up and let people run beyond him. I think he's just being a bit, I don't know, a bit smart and just doing this for now and, and you know, kind of adapting the team to and his style of play to what he has rather than just trying to do it all one way and then it going completely wrong and him getting a sack and his finishing 10th. Do you know what I mean? Because there's a big difference in how we played in that Brentford game or how we tried to play and how we played on Sunday. Um, yeah. So I think eventually, not in terms of just the result and you know the the desire, I mean in terms of the actual game plan, obviously. But I think it's going to take time. I think it might take a season, it might take two seasons, but Rome wasn't built in a day. And how long did it take Pep Guardiola to get down to what he actually wanted at Man City? It probably took him two or three years to fully get what he wanted in all the players. So... You know what I mean? And they've got what made way more money to spend and he's a much more experienced manager at the top level. So it's going to take time. But if it carries on as it is and we keep winning games, I'm happy. And like I said, if it was, again, a bit like the Liverpool game, a bit like the Leicester game where we rode our luck a bit, then I probably wouldn't be best pleased. But I don't think we did that against Arsenal. I think we were the better team in terms of chance creation and we deserve to win the game. So if we can carry on winning games like that, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a credit to Ten Hag by how he has changed it up from the the Brighton and Brentford result, like mm. he we clearly went into the season thinking, okay, we are going to play Ten Hag style of play, high line, pressing, um, passing out from the back, and he's kind of realised that he he can't do that yet. He needs to implement that slowly. Yeah. So we've we've gone back to our strengths that we've even seen under Oli the the counter attacking football, and then implementing those changes. Uh, slowly, so I think that is credit for and shows he is he can learn. He is pragmatic. He can do other. He has got a plan B, um, which I think is only a, a positive thing. So yeah. So about focusing on one player now, obviously made his debut from from the favelas of South Bowl. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it again. Um, no, please don't. <laughs> but yeah, Anthony, what, what did you what did you think of it? Because for me, I mean. It wasn't the best until he got the goal, but I mean, still, I mean, there's a lot of pressure coming on him. Hopefully, he can kick on now. Um, now he's got the goal. That that's just getting one under your belt on your yeah. on your debut. I mean, that's uh, it's got to raise his, his confidence in it. But yeah, I didn't see as many take-ons as what I was expecting. I thought it would be, uh, you know, I thought yeah, he'd be squaring a... up the de- defender and taking him on quite a lot. But yeah, what were your thoughts on Anthony's debut? Yeah, I think it's going to take time to get that kind of thing from him consistently. I think it was a decent performance, a 6, 7 out of 10, nothing more, really, nothing less. It was okay, um, some decent passes, but a lot of failed crosses and stuff like that. Everything didn't come off from him. But it's not going to, you know, it's high risk, high reward kind of football, isn't it, what what he plays? Um, but he was good, good finish for the goal. You know, it looked like an easy finish, but I've seen plenty of Manchester United play that was still in that 11 today, missed chances like that, up team time. So, um, yeah, good finish. Fairly quiet other than that, but you know what I mean? He wasn't fully fit, you know, he came off after about just under an hour, I think. He hadn't, you know, trained with a team really for like two weeks until he came to us. He hadn't played a competitive game in a couple of weeks either. So it's going to take time for him to get up to speed. And like I said last week, just be patient with him. Let's see how he does. But goal on his debut, you know, great celebration. I love the passion. He seems to be Which enjoying one? himself. Which, he did about ten. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He did the first one, <laughs> then he did the twenty-five thing, then he did the lion, then he celebrated with Martinez. Yeah, that's true. And then but, put you the know, ball under his shirt. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm more, more when he scored, and he was like tap smacking the badge and like nearly yeah. ripping his shirt off. I enjoyed that. I like the passion. And I've seen people online go, "Why is he celebrating like that?" I think you know. I don't want to throw it back to your disgustingly cringe intro, but you know, you know where he's come from. Have a go, mate. No, I'm not going to do it. You know where he's come from. He's come from Sao Paulo, the favelas and all this. And, you know, he's not grown up with much in his life. So to be playing at one of the biggest clubs in the world, one of the biggest stadiums in the world, in the biggest league of the world, in the world, and getting paid a couple hundred grand a week will be a fucking dream come true. So I can see why he's so passionate and proud of himself. Because I would be too. 
So, to all the anti-haters, fucking, I'm holding two fingers up. One for you and one for your dad. Swivel on them. Um, but I, I thought he was good. He was decent. Let's not, you know, wax lyrical about him and say he was elite. But he was, it was good. It was a solid performance. Capped off with a lovely little goal. And let's see how he does. He'll probably start on Thursday, I presume. Let's get him some more minutes. Let's see how he does then. Yeah. Um, and as well, I think putting him in straight into the starting lineup. I think there was a lot of people. I thought it was an easy decision for me because we've been playing. If we're not going to play Ronaldo, um, that means we'll play Rashford up front, and that only leaves you've got Anthony or Elanga. Elanga. So I mean, it was an easy. Yeah, decision. I th- well, I think it was obvious, but I think you know he hasn't trained in a long in a long time and stuff like that. But obviously, yeah. um, obviously, you know, he's been under Ten Hag before, so he's going to know how he wants to play. It's not like a completely new player coming in. So there is that. And I wanted to talk about. Mixed source. I mean, I think mm-hmm. more people I'm finally getting... Because, I mean, for me, he was class against Southampton. For me, he was class against against uh, Leicester. Very good with Liverpool as well. Yeah. I think McTominay's got like... Uh, well, I think last week, actually, um, I think more people were raving about his performance. But I thought it was better in the in the, in the the previous two, to be honest. But it was, mm. it was class again today. And that's like four... In a row, all of the wins, McTominay's been really, really good. Keeping out Casemiro, I mean, that shows out how well he is playing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, would you? Obviously, this is a. Eventually, I'm sure Casemiro will be yeah, integrated into yeah, the team. But whilst easy. McTominay's playing as good as what he is, and what he offers us defensively, like I say, we have got a a relatively. We, we've we've made our the average height of our team a lot smaller with the transfers that we that. Yeah, that uh, have happened this summer. So to having McTominay in there and really helping out with uh, in defensive situations with like especially with set pieces, uh, I think it's been amazing. And not just that. I mean, it's not just a a bloody lamppost that's that's heading things out. I mean, he's been really good. He's been decent on the ball. He mm-hmm. he hasn't done these his hiding McTominay so peekaboo behind her yeah. behind there. <laughs> behind their strikers has been decent on the fall and yeah I think he's just you know credit to him because the, the amount of pressure as well having Casemiro behind you knowing that he's he can come in you've got yeah. one of the best uh, defensive midfielders I don't know if I said that last week but um, but yeah I think he's, he's been really yeah, good but yeah what he, he, he was good um, I think it'd be harsh to drop him now Um I do want to see Casemiro play just because it's Casemiro. It's a big sign, and you know what I mean. And he's footballing royalty in, in his position at the minute. So I do want to see him play, but it'd be hard to drop McTominay. And like you said, he's been he's been a new man. I don't know if it, it must be what Ten Hag said to him because he's not shy of taking the ball. He's not shy of beating the press and going past players. He's not shy of breaking lines anymore. And he screens really well. He was everything you want from a defensive midfielder who can also play with a feet on Sunday. Scott McTominay was. It was a very, very good performance. 100% pass accuracy, I'm pretty sure. Didn't put a foot wrong at all. Just very solid. And like you said, that added physicality helps as well. Obviously, Casemiro's not small. I'm sure he's six foot, six foot one, and he's obviously quite a stocky guy. So in terms of a straight swap, it won't, won't really affect us that much. But who knows? Maybe they could play together. Maybe McTominay could play a bit further forward. And if all it is is he plays another five games, eventually drops out for Casemiro, and then we've got a very good squad player, then I'd be happy with that as well. So it looks like he's turned a corner, but again, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to wait a bit before I pass judgment on him fully yeah. and see how he does for the season first, because we've seen good purple patches from him before, where he gets loads of goals and he's looking really good. So it's, I think it's a confidence thing, like it is with a lot of the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, showing for the ball, not being scared to make passes, and hopefully, a big daddy Eric can carry on instilling that in them because you can see the change from Ollie and Ranyak. You really can. Yeah, and one more player that we we need to talk about stole the show. Really, two goals and an assist. That's mm-hmm. Marcus Rashford again. Since the Liverpool game, I wouldn't say he's played that great, but I think he might be a big game player, especially like you say with the high line that suits Marcus Rashford. Um, running off the shoulder of the last defender, he's got bags of pace. If you start, if you any any centre back, if you start a race with with Marcus Rashford on the halfway line, the chances are you're gonna you're, you're gonna lose gonna out. Lose, yeah. And the what we've seen with with Marcus Rashford in the Liverpool game and in the game against Arsenal is he was clinical as well. So that can sometimes be a, the the frustrating thing with Rashford. He he needs a lot of chances in order to to convert yeah. one, mm-hmm. but. 
but yeah, again, it's just it's it's frustrating because you know that is a bad game is only around the corner. It's I've been I feel like I've said so many times. Let's hope he can push on, and he's you know he can get the confidence. Yeah, for the he's next had a good game. few games now though, hasn't he? I know he didn't score against Leicester, but a tidy assist and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I'm. I don't know if he's going to stay up front just because, like I said earlier, how it affects how we play. Like he has to play off the shoulder. We have to play a lot more balls in behind. Whereas if we have Martial up front or even Ronaldo, they could hold the ball up a bit better. Runners being behind Anthony, you know, have his playing Alanga, Sancho, Rashford himself, Bruno, Eriksson, the fullbacks, which is what Ten Hag really wants. So. Yeah, I think as long as we're playing this style of kind of more counter-attacking, reactive football, then he will be he will be playing. But I'm not. I'm just not sure if it's going to last him playing up front, to be honest. And then obviously, once Martial does come back, do you drop Rashford? Is it fair if he's been playing well? Then if you do drop him for Martial, is Sancho playing instead of him? And then does he? It's it's going to be a bit of a, a headache for Ten Hag, to be honest. But I think if he wants to get the style of football he wants to fully play then Martial will end up being up front at some point this season until we get a new number nine in the summer. Ivan Tony, please. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think the one final talking point from the game is the uh, the disallowed goal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a foul. I don't know what to say. Yeah, it no, a... I, c- I can see why Arsenal fans are aggrieved in the sense that it was a foul. Yes, Arsenal fans, it is soft. In this day and age, it is still a foul. It might not have been a foul when you were in school 20 years ago, whatever. But it is a foul now. That's how it is. The only thing I see why they're so upset is because it wasn't really a clear and obvious error. It wasn't a stonewall foul. You wouldn't see them given all the time, which is why I was a bit shocked that it was overturned. Like, Paul Tierney did look at it for probably nearly a minute, and I thought he was going to still allow the goal, actually. So I was very glad that it was disallowed. But I think it's one of them, that whichever end you're on, if it's your team, you'll be a bit annoyed as well, to be fair. So it was a foul but I think it was a bit harsh considering it wasn't really a clear and obvious error, if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that. I think it was for me. I don't like, know. I, I think it was a I bit said, soft. I was a bit shocked that he... I said as soon as it... I was like, that's a foul. Like, as soon as it happened, it, that's a foul. And I was shocked that the referee... We wouldn't be having this conversation if the referee blowed for it. Like, No, when, no, no, that's fa- that's that's it, that's not what, what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that. But I'm... I'm and to the fact that the referee had such a, a good view, I'm shocked that he yeah. didn't blow for it in real time mm-hmm. and then looked at it like... So sh- normally, if a player has the ball and somebody comes through the back of him, how how little contact or how much contact that there is and the player goes down and he's come from the you know, the, the back side of him, he's not come from the side, he's come from the back, as Odegaard did, didn't get contact with the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just an easy decision for the referee to make. Yeah, I think like, it's just the way Eriksson went down and kind of just fell on his front and Odegaard didn't put too much contact, didn't really shove him. It was just a bit soft, but, but I there can was, see There why was a was shove given. in the back and there was contact with the leg as well. Was, yeah, no, I, I know, I know. I just think it was a bit of a soft foul. Oh, it was. I think if you put your other hat, like take your United hat off and imagine that was your team, I think you'd be a little bit annoyed, to be fair, would you not? I reckon. I think I'd understand. No, I, I, I know it's difficult to get in that mindset. Yeah, but it's. I, I, I can't understand what the grievances are with it. To be honest, well, I'll be when we think of. When we think of the uh, the other VAR decisions that have that have been made, in mm-hmm. which is a great segue. But um, yeah, I think it's it's nowhere near. It, in fact, it is the, it's just the right decision for me it just just is no i can see why you think that i'm just i'm you know i'm just trying to play devil's advocate but i do genuinely believe in what i said i do think it was a bit harsh to pull it back because it wasn't a clear and obvious error but it was a foul so if the referees are more competent and just believe the fouls when there was fouls then we wouldn't be having this conversation anyway but from this weekend we know that that doesn't happen in Mm. england yeah so i mean that's again great segue we're going to talk about Bowen's foul on... I didn't even try. Mendy That's now. how good I am. That's how good I am. <laughs> that was just off the dome. So, I mean, now this one, I think the whole world is agreeing, unless uh, unless you're going to disagree no. with that, you know, Mendy comes in. I think he's a little bit scared. I don't think he's very brave goalkeeping. No. He doesn't want to hold it, and he doesn't he doesn't make any attempt to hold the ball. He just mm-hmm. slides it, slides in, 
and, and kind of parries the ball with his with his uh, with his with his arms or hands instead of trying to catch it because I think he's worried about the contact that Bowen might have with him. It mm-hmm. is a slight little foot on him, but it certainly doesn't influence where the ball was going to go or Mendy's actions really, other than just him being actually scared of the player making making contact. And then obviously the go on the score and VR did VR overturn it? I can't. Uh, or did it? Did the referee give it, it and ref? VR overturn it? Or I don't know what the sequence of events. I think the ref gave was. it and then VAR and the ref looked at the monitor and disallowed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous. It's literally just a trailing leg. If it caught Mendy in the face, I can maybe understand. It was. It wasn't like he stamped on him or he's put force into it. It's just his trailing leg. It's going to be impossible running at that speed to do a fucking high jump over Edward Mendy. And he just literally left his trailing leg, and it's kind of his foot's brushed over his kind of shoulder and arm area. There was no studs, you know. There wasn't any pace on it. He's literally lifted his foot up, and he's just brushed over him. And I don't blame the keeper for going down and you know feigning an injury because you would, wouldn't you? If you after you've made an error, you try yeah. and do everything you can. So I don't blame Mendy for that. It was it was clever play, but this is a thing. Like if that was this is what VAR's for. Like if the ref thought, oh, he's hit him in the head there, then disallows the goal. Then that's what VAR's for. But I just can't believe that they made the wrong decision again after it. Mm. Like, it was fine. And then I, I, I don't get what they were thinking. It's just doing the opposite of what it's meant for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it was insane. I don't see in what world they thought that was a foul. And then it's robbed West Ham of a point and helped Chelsea out. Yeah, I know. It's uh, when it's actually making the game worse. And I don't, not, not the. Uh, VR is in. Oh, it take makes a game not flow and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, or people celebrating and then it's disallowed. But in terms of actually making the wrong decision that it wouldn't ordinarily be made, like it, you're making a referee overturn the decision that was should have been fine. Yeah. That's just mental. Um, but yeah, I, and the the next one. This actually was the most annoying one for me, and that was the offside goal versus. City because this isn't even VAR this is just the officials just being absolutely terrible mm-hmm. like the most annoying thing about this is linos don't flag if a player never like do. five yards off yeah that, that's what's so weird about it like there's no consistency <laughs> is there and then when it's like fair enough he could have been offside you know what I mean if there wasn't VAR and the linesman puts his flag up for that in 10 years ago then you'd be like all right, yeah, it was mm. it was level. Do you know what I mean? It was it was well, it was on by like I don't know an inch. Do you know what I mean? It was just on, so I can see why he thought that. So I don't blame him for getting that marginally wrong. That's fine. It's going to be a bit of human error. But again, this is what VAR's for. If you're not sure, don't put your flag up. There's no way in hell that that linesman thought that um, Coutinho was more than you know ten five yards offside yeah. or offside enough to put his flag up. So it's in just the... fucking stupid. It rem- reminds me of do you remember. Um, the goal Aubameyang scored against us at Old Trafford in lockdown when he was about five yards on. The linesman yeah. flagged, they scored, and then they give it. Yeah. I wasn't in lockdown. I was there, actually. Um, yeah, again, just beggar's belief. And this is the thing with VAR. VAR, there's people calling for people to get rid of it because of all the errors. But it's not the system. It's the people that are using it. It's the incompetent referees that are using it. Like, you watch a Champions League, how often? Apart from the first season of the VAR introduction when we got the ridiculous penalty against PSG, like, five years ago, there's, rare, there's very seldom a shocking decision. If, if there is, it's very, very rare. In the Premier League, you're seeing them every week. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple yeah. of others I'm going to mention that weren't even in the running order. Like, you've got Trossards against, um, against Leicester. Did you see that one? No. That was from a free kick, and again, it was the same thing, level... Um, was it was it like that or was it an offside? I can't. I, oh, what was it? There's been so many I've lost track. Anyway, there was a ridiculous one in that one. I thought the Connor Cody one against Everton from the angle they put on the TV at least that seemed harsh. Um, and I think offsides is where I'm completely okay with where, the way VAR is implemented because yeah. if it's a toe offside, then it's a toe offside. That's offside. I think the Connor Cody one. The Connor Cody one was. I think it, it was probably was offside. It just showed, it's like just showed a bad angle. I think they just showed a bad angle on the TV. Yeah, is what I saw. When they when they actually drawn the lines, you could tell because I think it's just a perception thing. Like if Connor Cody's closer to the to the camera, it looks like he's uh, further back than what he than what he actually is. Yeah, I think or yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, an awkward one, but yeah, this there's been so many, man. But obviously, yeah, you give your thoughts on the Coutinho one, but yeah, it, it, yeah, he wasn't offside. Just fucking wait and then see what happens. What's the harm yeah. in that? Literally nothing. I, and I think it's a it's another error from the referee when a player is just about to shoot. Yes, the linesman's got his flag. What's the difference between waiting two, two seconds, seconds to, to see what the the result of the mm-hmm. uh, of the shot's going to be? Yeah, like you're you're blowing as he's literally just about to shoot. That yeah, is and that, that's that's a more annoying thing that if he didn't blow, it would have stood. Yeah, it, because yeah, even exactly. even though they knew it was onside, because he's blown, the game stops. So there's nothing they can do, which is again just ridiculous. Yeah. So there's multiple, multiple errors there. Just mm-hmm. if one of them doesn't do what they did, if the flag obviously doesn't go up, then the referee's not going to blow the whistle. If the referee just waits a little bit, then it, you, can, you can go to VAR for the yeah. result. Like the it's... linesman can put his flag up, but the ref doesn't have to blow his whistle. To be fair, yeah, yeah, no, and that's what it, that's what it should be. But how often do they? How often do they even wait? Even when it is like a five-yard offside, and you don't even need VAR, they still now near enough wait for the chance to finish, or you know, wait a few seconds and, and then put it up. Yeah. So I don't even get why they didn't do that. I mean, there's literally been six, probably five, six VAR errors this weekend in ten mm. games. It's mad. And the other one that I think is the most difficult one that mm. we're going to talk about, and that is Newcastle's disallowed goal. Um. So the player did smash into Willick, wasn't it? Smashed into yeah, into, um, into um, Guaita. Yeah. So I mean that that could be a f- in isolation. That's a foul. But you also have to look at the defender. Actually, the reason why he smashes into him is because the defender pushes. He literally puts his whole Willick. elbow and arm into his back yeah. and into him. him into him. Yeah. The Again, worst thing. The worst thing possible, the worst decision for me out of all of that, all, out, of, out of the different things that you can do, is disallow the goal. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, probably, it's, and again, this is why it's so difficult, because if the result wasn't him smashing into the keeper, I wouldn't say that that is a penalty. I wouldn't say, like, just that little bit of a nudge in the box, I wouldn't say that that's a penalty. No. But the fact that he smashes into the keeper... And that would then result in a foul and a disallowed goal means that you've got a decision to make whether, okay, it's definitely, it can't be a foul because the the player was pushed into him. So therefore, I think you have to either allow the goal or give a penalty. Yeah. So I'd probably. I just don't don't get how they come into the decision. Do you know? I don't get. Like, we can talk about it till the end of time, but I I don't really have anything to say. Like, it's obviously not a foul. How they've looked at that and thought it was a foul is beyond me. I've got nothing. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what else we can put towards it. Yeah. Like, it was obviously a foul from Mitchell. So it was either a penalty to Newcastle or a goal. It's not a fucking free kick to Palace and not a goal. I just don't get how they've got there. And I've just actually, I was looking on Twitter just a few minutes ago. And Lee Mason, who was on the VAR for that game, has been removed from any game this weekend and won't be involved. Right. But why don't you just remove him from the fucking job? General, yeah. why why do we have to have English refs and English fucking staff and English fucking yeah, linesmen and everything? What's the need for it? Do you know what I mean? Like in yeah. in the chap, I just don't get it. Get some European refs in; they're so much better. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got players from all all over the world. You got the best in class. Yeah, players, so we've got not, the most not, expensive not... league, the best technology, all this, the best grounds, the biggest stadiums, the most money, with the worst fucking refs out of the top five leagues. It's just stupid. Yeah. I don't get it. Fuck them off. They're all shite. And speak. Maybe it's an English bias again. The segways, the segways are, are ridiculous on so this podcast. Good. So good. Like um, water, mate. So Eric Bailly's come out in a in a press conference <coughs> and said that um, the club should avoid favouring English players and give everyone a chance. Uh, I think this is probably a jibe on. A jab at uh, Maguire, and yeah. obviously. Oh, actually, obviously, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, I've just seen it. the first bit of this new technology that we didn't touch on. Actually, are we touching on oh. that later? We, yeah. Oh, we, we, well, we could. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it after the. Okay. 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 Well, I've just seen it actually live in action because I've got the Chelsea game on in the background. It looked pretty cool. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But nice. yeah, just yeah, it looked pretty interesting. Sorry. Um, sorry about yes. that. Yes. It's all right. So uh, yeah, Eric Bailly saying that uh, English players. 
should be cho- well, players should be chosen on performance, not on merit, is a jibe at, at Harry Maguire. I mean, for me, in that time, we've had four different managers, including Ten Hag, which obviously didn't get much of a chance of yeah. the pre-season. So, so four different managers. I, I massively disagree with this. I think the biggest problem is he can't have any consistency because he's always injured. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. I think, and just looking at it on a broader sense, not just about his opportunities at centre-back position, I'm thinking I'm thinking back to like everyone, like Mourinho not starting Rashford for, for ages and only just him coming on as like a sure, substitute in appearance. Sure, Sanchez, yeah. all of them. Apart from really like Lukaku, there were stages when everyone was out of the team. I, th- I think with what Bayou said... Yeah, but they're said, not English. Yeah, yeah, true, sorry. But I, get, I, I do understand what Bayou said. I think they obviously were biased towards Maguire. Not because he's English, just, just because, he spent, because he spent a lot of money on him and he's a captain. Yeah. So, you know what? If that was Rafael Varane or Lissandro Martinez sat there saying those things after leaving the club... I could think, you know what? Fair enough, you are done by. But fuck off! How many chances has he had? How yeah. many chance? How many games has he played? Big games where he makes errors, when he does stupid shit, when he goes off injured, when he can't complete a full ninety. Do you know what I mean? So if it was someone who you know trained hard and looked good when he had played and had good cameos, then I'd sit there and think, yeah, you, you know what? You were hard done by. I can see why. I can see why you feel aggrieved and why you wanted to leave, etc. But he what? He's not good. He's not that mm. good. I had people telling me fucking two months ago on TikTok and Twitter that Baye's our best centre-half after we signed Martinez and we had Varane and Maguire and Lindelof at the club. I'm like, no, Baye's our fifth best centre-half. That's why he's fucking off. He's yeah. becoming, an, he's basically becoming a fucking salsa Phil Jones at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think the, the thing is, even if, you, if you're that injury-prone as well, it doesn't matter if you come in and have a good game because you, you can't then go, okay, like, even if you wanted Eric Bailly to be your starting centre-back, which I'm not saying he had the quality to do that, yeah, you can't... Why do that? Because it means you know he's going to get injured. So if you say, right, Eric Bailly, we're going to, you are my starting centre-back, then you, you know he's going to come out of the team and then you've got to be like, oh, yeah, I know I said Bailly was the starting, but yeah, now you need to be the first choice. Like, it's not sustainable. And I think it's... It's like disheartening for somebody, say like Lindelof or say for Maguire, to say like to say to drop them down and say you're no longer my first and second choice centre back. You're no longer my first choice pairing, and drop them knowing you're going to have to call him up anyway because Eric Bailly is going to get injured. You want a, you want your first choice partnership to be able to play most of the games, and I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried. Obviously. The, the quality that Martinez and Varane have shown that's just miles better than anything we've seen as a partnership. Yeah. But I mean, I'm worried for the fact that Varane, I just, I bloody hope, I, I, let's wrap him in cotton wool or like in between games and stuff because yeah. I'm worried that there's gonna he's going to have a long period out. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. And then how are those players going to step up being told, you know, uh, you're hopefully... Some players like competition. Some players will see that and think, right, I've got to perform well. But I'm mm. not sure in a centre-back position because a centre-back position is a, is a lot to do with concentration. And I think if you've got like self, self-belief, self I think Harry Maguire's a player that if he gets dropped and he's got low confidence, we saw what happened when he returned from one uh, after that Greece incident. He had a terrible start to the yeah. season. Um, so... I think yeah, I'm, I am worried about Harry Maguire coming in, which he ultimately will have to do when um, Varane gets injured. I play Lindelof. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather, would, I'd rather play. Lind- no, no, it won't. Um, do you know what? I'm I'm a I'm not a Maguire fan, but I'm not a Maguire hater. You know that I actually think he's a decent centre half, and he's. I think you know in this Chelsea team that I'm watching right now, getting pumped one 0 by Zagreb. Um, I think he'd do well there. Do you know what I mean? I think he'd yeah, do well at certain five. clubs. Yeah. And not even just that, just the structure they play in general and the way they go about playing football, a lot more pragmatic and stuff. But you could see even when he came on against Arsenal, he didn't look himself, giving the ball away. You know, obviously that tactical foul was a result of Casemiro giving the ball away. But again, mm. he just quite came on and I started shitting myself that he was going to fuck up. And I wouldn't have been like that if he started the game. Do you know what I mean? 
But yeah. I think in terms of the football, Ten Hag wants to play with people coming out of defence, making passes, breaking lines, running into the midfield. He's not. Mo- I know he can make good runs, kind of marauding runs, and he, he looks a bit out of place, and he usually does do, do them okay. But it's just his turning circle for me and just how slow he is at getting about yeah. the pitch. Not even in terms of pace, because pace isn't everything in a defender at all. If you're good enough, you're good enough. You know, it's more about positioning than anything. But, you know, when he gets a ball and he has to turn and he can't, you know, he can't really play a one-touch pass because his legs are so gangly and everything is so uncoordinated, which is why I'd play Lindelof. Because even though Lindelof is probably a worse defender, I don't think his ball-playing ability is much worse. He's not quick, but he's probably similar pace-wise to Varane. And um, I think he's just a lot more mobile and I think he'd slot in that defence better, to be honest with you. And I do actually feel a bit sorry for Lindelof. I'm a bit I'm a bit of a Lindelof fan, to be honest. I like Lindelof. I think he was probably our best defender last season. Um, I think he's been injured for... He has his, but yeah, he has. He's back now, but he's clear he's yeah. going to be fourth-choice centre-back. So to go from second-choice centre-back last season, even when Varane was fit because he wasn't very good, to being fourth-choice must be tough. That mm. must be tough on him because, he, you know... Obviously, we're going on to big, bigger and better things. Varane and Martinez are better players than him, and that's fine. But it must be a bit rough for him, you know, going from that in a space of a couple of months. Because I do like him. I like him. I like his personality as well. I think he's a bit of a warrior, even though he doesn't look like one. And I do think Ten Hag will grow to like him. But, yeah, he's been one of my more... Throughout all this shit, he's been one of my more favourite players in the past few years. So, I'd, a bit of a tangent, but... If he goes, I will miss. I will miss Victor. I do like yeah. him. Um, miss his balls over the top to, uh, to, Rashford. to Rashford, and his yeah. wife is fucking unbelievable as well. So that'll be sad to see her go. She's a presenter or something, isn't she? Um, no, she's like oh, a no, model, Dave, isn't it? Yeah, she's like yeah. a model. She's fucking unbelievable. Honestly, she's unreal. Um, anyway, that's not the point. But you know what I mean? He's he's been here quite a while. He's he's been a good servant to us, and you know I can't believe the amount of kids online that had sooner disrespect Lindelof than Bailly. Just baffles me. Lindelof's done so much more for this club than Bailly has. Um, so, yeah, my little bit to Lindelof appreciation um, post there. Um, yeah, I, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know what you think on that, but surely you'd rather Lindelof play than, than Maguire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and going on a bit of a Maguire tangent now, but the thing that frustrated me the most is mm-hmm. he would always step up out of defence, like, not to catch off like not to catch players offside, but literally just as the ball is about to be played, he'll do a little s- yeah, step and it's, it's not in unison with the rest of the back four yeah. either, which is it, it was, it it was yeah, it was a reason we had a lot of caught, get caught in behind a lot because but, I, I think mean, he is trying if... to play offside, and I don't know if the you know the rest of the back four don't realise it or or what, but he does do that quite a lot, and obviously because he's so slow, it takes him so long to turn back round and chase after someone. But that's it's just it. a you recipe can't for do the that. Disaster. If you're if you're the paciest defender, if you're if you're absolutely rapid, if you take that little step, all your momentum's going in that wrong direction. Well, yeah, well, just you've got a striker it. running in behind you. You've got no chance if you, even if you're fast. Yeah. With Maguire, it was almost as if it was like to save face that if he was actually matched up shoulder to shoulder with a striker that he's got zero pace and he would never get that. It was almost as if like, well, if I do this, obviously it's not, a sh- oh, I bloody hope he don't think like this, but if it's like, oh, if I step up, then I've got absolutely no chance. And it, I don't, I get saved the embarrassment of actually having uh, to run alongside a, a, a striker. But yeah, yeah, that was the most infuriating thing about, about Maguire. And to be honest, we say about his, his leadership that he hadn't shown it and stuff like that. The defence looks so much more organised now he's out of it. Yeah, than what he had in with the captain's arm. It does, it so, does, I mean... and I, I don't know if that's just down to all you know the changes in terms of personnel, or the change in football, and you know Ten Hag might have had a bit of a talk with the squad and whatnot. Um, because Do you think bl- one conversation from the Brentford? Well, game? I don't know. I think it's a bit of both because you say obviously look at the difference now. We've got Martinez and Brandon. They do agree they've been fantastic and outstanding for us. Um, but also, there's players that were playing in those games, like your Rashfords, like your McTominays, like your Sancho's, like your Ericsson's, who were all piss poor, Bruno as well, and have all stepped up a level, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? So I think it is a bit of both. I don't think it's all the personnel. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, Maguire, man. I think you saw a good example of how easily you can be done with a little breakaway in the Arsenal game. Like, Saliba's a very fast defender. And I think for both goals, him and White just stepped up or turned away just for a second. And even then, they had no chance and they had an advantage on Rashford. So it just goes to show how bad it's going to be for Maguire. Um, uh, But yeah, I don't know. I've kind of forgot what I was saying now. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that's right. We'll move on. I mean, we've ranted enough about Maguire, who hasn't played the last, yeah, the last four ten games. Minutes. So. This, yeah, we moaned about Sky Sports. We're talking about Bruno and Ronaldo when we're beating Liverpool, and we just beat Arsenal and talking about Maguire <laughs> yeah. and Lindelof. Yeah. Strange so, goals. I mean, you, you, you mentioned it that you'd seen it in action now, the semi-automatic offsides. Obviously, we are recording this during the early uh, Champions League kickoff. So, I mean, yeah. we haven't seen the 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 semi-automatic offsides in full force, really. But no. given a little overview of what what it is, there's basically there's more cameras, there's limb tracking technology. It sounds like what the FIFA, you know, where they change your little things, but actually nothing changes. Yeah, so when they give you like little like. updates yeah. every year, and it's just like the menus a different color. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's limb tracking technology on the on the players, and the ball also has a, a sensor in it that can detect exactly when it's uh, kicked, as opposed to looking at like a TV screen and then you're limited to the frames per second of whatever the camera that's recording it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and apparently the new process takes about 25 seconds as as opposed to, again, the minutes that we've seen VR decisions with, with offsides before. Mm-hmm. Dill, you've seen it in action before your very eyes. Here you are, your new podcast. semi-automatic offside recognition system representative, Mr. Dill Sotty Ramble. <laughs> um, yeah, literally an animation came on screen and they showed where the line was, basically. <laughs> it, was, oh. it, was, it was basically like... Um, so it went to like this screen and it was like a 3D image of where the defender was when the ball was played and where Chilwell was who was offside. And it show- puts a wall across where the defender's last part of the body is and then it shows if the if the opposition player kind of permeates through that wall. And Chilwell's so like, what- leg was through the wall and it was red. That was basically it. So are they showing that just on general offsides or are they showing No, they scored a goal. A they scored- it, was ah, clearly- okay. it was clearly offside, you could see. It was, yeah. a, good, it was a good half, you know, like a full body offside near yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, he, he, little but clip ball in behind. He was over the, t- you know, he ran in across for Aubameyang for a tap in. Nice goal, but yeah, offside. So it seems yeah. to work so far. But that's one decision. Um, like you said, we'll see a lot more when we see that. You know, the the majority of the games tonight and tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. Are we getting that in the Premier European competition on Thursday? By the way, do you know? Is it just a Champions League? I, I think it's just a Champions League. Boom! You know, Show some no, respect. But, but- no, exactly. Probably yeah, but, I mean, these type, you when you're testing technologies, you don't want to do it in the top class competition. It's very much like yeah, you, know, you test it out in the second rate. Yeah, you know, and you wait. For, yeah, and then the big boys next season when we're hopefully not in it. But you know, we really we do yeah. want to be in it because it's the best. You know, we'll see. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page there, mate. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. But yeah, it looked it looked pretty nifty. I well, I don't have the audio on. It's literally just art minimized in the background, so I can see the score. Um, but it looked pretty cool. It looked pretty cool, and at least he actually showed us it. Because nowadays, for some reason, especially in the Champions League, you don't seem yeah. to get any of the VAR pictures. Like in yeah, the it's Ever- odd, isn't it? Yeah, and even like I said in the Merseyside derby, one the pictures are poor, which is why I was berating them for giving it offside. But then when you see the pictures on Twitter, you're like, oh, it is offside. Um, so even in Premier League games now, they're not showing us as much, which is weird. It's almost like they don't want us to be pissed off when you make the wrong decision. Don't know why they'd want that because you know they're always right. It's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, so finally, uh, before we get into a, a Europa League fantastic, you know, best Come on. in the world Pick it up a prediction. Bit. Come on, lad. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Haaland, unfortunately. Haaland. Um, and, you know, he's got 10 goals in. It's not a bad six start, games, I would say. Isn't it? Yeah. 10 goals, 6 games. It's 1.86 goal to game ratio. It did only get one um, last week, though. So no, he didn't get one against Bournemouth either, did he? No, he only got, uh, well, he only got one against Villa, so you know, it's finished. Yeah, yeah. But the current record is 32 goals in a 38-game season, scored by uh, Salah in 2018. I hate when um, he's got that record, by the way. hate it. Yeah. That should uh, well, be Henri or Ronaldo or Rooney or Suarez, shouldn't it? It shouldn't be him. Well, guy. after this season, will it be Haaland? Um... See, I've made a, made a video saying yes. He will. Okay. No, but, do you know what? Fuck Just it. Give me I'll stick to my guns. Video. Yeah, well, obviously. I, I, but I made a video like last week saying yes, and now I'm wondering whether to change my mind is what I'm trying to say. Mm. If you let me get my words out, deck, you know. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm going to say yeah, just based on how many games he's played. Even if he drops off a little bit and gets 10 every 10 games from now on, I'll still break it. Yeah. 10 every so, 10, yeah, we'll smash it. If he gets a goal a game or, you know, a goal every 1.25 games, uh, yes, 
I think he will. I think he will. I think City if he gets to a step up. If City were more dominant like they have been in the past couple of years, now he'd be on fifteen. I truly believe. It'd be, yeah, he'd be on. He'd Dill, be on at least twelve. If Dill, if he got a goal a game, it would have broke it from the start. Never mind scoring six, uh, yeah, ten in true. the first six. Yeah, all right, all right. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I'm just, you, you're putting this on me. You know, it's not like you, you tell, it's not like you told me what we were talking about two hours before we came on air. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm a very busy man. Fingers in a lot of pies. Um, <laughs> No, I think he will break it. Yes, stop patronising me now. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think he will as well. Um, I Saturn. think some. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he can't sustain the level that he's that he's at. Can he? Why? Why that? He's only getting the, the amount of chances because he's doubled his xg. Oh, he's he? got a two. Yeah. He's got a. He's how, almost how got though? two xG. How? How? Because the goal against Villa was a tapping. If you've yeah, seen he's got it. ten. You're going to go. No, no, no way. The hat trick he got against Forest. Every single one of them is known for tapping. That's half his goals nearly. So I don't get that. Some of them were good finishes, but a lot of the goals he scored so far have been poachers' goals. They have. So I don't yeah. get how that works unless they're basing their xG off. You know. Fucking Marcus Rashford's finishing ability most of the time or something. I don't know what mm. it is. Um, but yeah, don't that... Rashford. Not any any Sorry. other podcast I, episode. I, I, other I, than I, I, today. Think, I was going to say Martial, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of anyone. Um, let's think of someone who's shit. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Havertz, Nunes. Yeah, Punes. Parwin Punes. Shithead. Shitbag. Um, yeah. And... So I think he will do it. Yeah, and I. I... I was going to say, I don't even think he's the perfect fit for City even. But it obviously somebody... It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, he had... Um, in Against Bournemouth, where he didn't score, he had eight touches in the entire game. I mean, that's not a, a City player that that is plays off the, the shoulder, um, just uses his pace and strength, doesn't contribute that much, and just uses his raw power for, like, balls um, that break the lines. Yeah. It's like... That's well, not a city player when I think of a city player, but you know, no, he's been he's been getting like nine touches and three goals, hasn't he? Or something like it's mental. It's, yeah, I it's think just, it's a goal every thirteen point summit touches. I'm surprised it's that high, to be honest with you. Um, it's just the way they play, though. Like obviously, the balls the balls in behind aren't always going to happen. It depends how you play low blocks, etc. But in terms of like the cutbacks and lofty crosses into the box, there's no one in the world who'd rather be in there. Not even Harry Kane, to be honest. I don't think. Mm. You know, his positioning, how strong he is in the air. Every time a ball gets played up to him, you, you know he's going to win the header. Um, so he's just, he's just bound to get goals. Like, like I said, City aren't even at the best, and particularly playing to his strengths. And look how well he's doing already. Do you know what I mean? I think, it, like I said, if they were fitting, firing as good as they were at the start of last season, it'd be scary, like how many goals it'd be on. I think it's scary now, to be honest. But I'm still backing my boy Alexander Mitrovic to break his record on the final day and claim the golden boot. He's, he's literally oh no. In it, mental though that the only competition for the golden boot is Mitrovic. He's the only one well, anywhere near it at the moment. He's on like seven. Yeah, at and the what, moment. What you're saying is Rashford going to go and score out a tricky game? Is yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gabriel Jesus and all the Arsenal fans at the start. Let's go back to the start. Oh, oh, he'll get the golden boot. He's got as many as Rashford, lads. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's not get into that. He's a very good. Player. Yeah. But, um, someone said he does actually think it was Dan always said he looks like he's thinking but he doesn't know the answer have you seen how his eyebrows <laughs> always pointed yeah. down like I'm doing it on camera yeah, now yeah, yeah. and he looks like it, like someone who's a bit dim trying to like remember like prime numbers or something he's there like that <laughs> prime like, he looks numbers. Like he, he's there like he should be scratching his head do you know what I mean that's what he looks like yeah. he, just, he just looks like a confused man every time something happens like he, he put, could put one top bins and win the World Cup and then he'd walk off looking like you know, he's wondering about what he's getting from Aldi on his shopping list this week, <laughs> yeah. or you what? know, what he's what he's going to do now that he don't have any mints. What's he going to substitute that with? What What's the hypotenuse of a triangle again? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Com- every man thinks about that on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, uh, it, that's weird. But I do like Jesus. Yeah. And to to final, what is what do you reckon? Right, is going to be. Haaland's goal tally at the end of the season. I want you to put a number in the Premier League, not total. 34. I'm going to go exactly goal to game. I'm going to go 38. Really? Yeah. That, I, that I, I hope he doesn't do it. But that, and, uh, I think I'd rather him have it than Most. Salah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would. I'd rather him have it than Salah. 
And do you know what? Yeah. A few people have made videos on this too. I'm so glad there's some number nines, Batman. Do you know what I mean? Mm. After all this 4 3 3, false nine, and meh, meh, meh. You know, it's good football, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fucking, you know, Brexity about Brexit football by any means. But, you know, you've got Haaland, you've got Tony. Do you know what I mean? Seeing these yeah. number nines fit and firing in the Premier League. Even though I don't like him and he's not started the best. Nunez at Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Harry Kane's still there. It's good to see these, like, more traditional number nines come back again. Because they're the kind of players that made us fall in love with the game when we were kids. Um, yeah. So I'm, I am enjoying it. It's a shame we don't have one. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Everyone else, um, I hope you're having fun. I do think, one thing, last thing on Haaland, I'll say, I think in games where City, I know it works because they dominate so much, like in the Premier League, almost every game they dominate. But in mm-hmm. games that they don't dominate, don't have that much possession, if he doesn't get that chance, like you, you're just hoping that he'll get that chance in behind. Because, uh, like I say, he doesn't help out that, that much in any other aspect. Other yeah. than, you know, finishing and balls, balls in behind and, and chasing down and using his pace and power. So I think it will, it could in the Champions League when you come against a uh, a team like uh, uh, Madrid, for example. I think it could possibly hinder. I don't think it's is it's as um, rainbows and shiny and you know. No, I think what it's still, I think he's still going to do it, man. You'll create the odd chance. City will create the odd chance against every team, and he'll be there ready to slide away. Honestly, I think he'll be fine no matter who he plays. I think he's good. Yeah. Well, so, you saw still the amount. Still saw, won't win the Champions League. No, hopefully not. But you saw the amount of you know goals and chances he created, converted in the Champions League for Dortmund, and they're not half the team City are. So I honestly think he'll be fine. Unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Until he comes up against Lissandro. Yeah. That's old Trafford. Big, big Litcher. Big Litcher and Rafa. That boys. Right. Let Let's talk about the main competition now. Forget this Whoa. Thursday night. Whoa. Thursday night, Channel 5. Whoa! I wish it was on Channel 5, though, still. Thursday night, Channel 5. I remember sitting in my season ticket with my dad in the East Stand when I was 10, chanting that at City fans. Yeah. And now look at us. Yeah. Now Now look look at us. us. Thursday night, BT Sport. Yeah. It makes it a bit more prestige, isn't it, that we have to pay to watch it now. Thank you. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going to be there, aren't I? Are you? Yeah, I'm meeting up with um, Dan and Darren, another lad off TikTok. You know Dan, he's a good lad. Yeah. My brother's Dan's going as shout well. Shout out to Dan. Shout out to Only Dan's. Um, give him a follow. That's his name yeah. on TikTok. It makes me sick. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, have him, I'll have him for it after a few beers on Thursday. But yeah, that should be enjoyable. Um, I'll let you ask ask me questions now. I just wanted to let everyone know that I am going to a game. Because mm. people seem yeah. to get their back up. Literally, you can't... You can't into a bit you, of a Gark Mulbridge now. Yeah, you can't post a watch. Like, I could have... Gone to every single United home and away game last season, bar one. Put a watch along clip up. Go to games, you fucking fake fan. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah. you live in London, don't you? Plastic. Do you know what I mean? Like, someone said, why weren't you there? And it was Leicester away. I was like, what the fuck? Why wasn't it theirs? Even when I had a season ticket, I'd never got away tickets anyway. Um, I had it for the bloody Australian tour. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, I had, I had it. Oh, no, not why weren't you there, but he says, oh, sitting in your armchair. Like, like, What's like, he expect you to do? <laughs> Going to get a flight out to fucking Perth on a Tuesday in fucking June to go and watch fucking Andreas Pereira and Tahith Chong play against Melbourne Victory. What, what the fuck does he want from you? Yeah. That is fucking insane. That just sums but, it up. Yeah. Sums it up, though, doesn't it? It just fucking yeah. sums it. Sums shit like it sums TikTok up perfectly. Jesus Christ, that's fucking brilliant. Why aren't you there? <laughs> sat in your armchair? Yeah, yeah. Or you get to eat a picture of your, your season ticket and it's a sky remote. I'm like, no, actually, mate, I've got a five stick. <laughs> get it right. Yeah, yeah cheaper, isn't it? Yep. Actually, no. no um, everyone listening, the inland revenue, BT. Everyone, I've mm. got um full subscription package. Thank you. I love capitalism. Yes, exactly. Don't we all? Big up, big up, Liz Trust, my G. All time. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Liz Trust, shout out to Dan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the setting the scene for the uh, for the match for the preview, we we actually faced them last season, round of uh, thirty two, four uh, nil on aggregate. We got a nil nil and a four nil win. So I, I mean, they're that. the most difficult team in the group. A little segue, do. Do you know who Ammonia are that are in the group? I had never heard of them. Wait, I'm going to be honest. We didn't play them last year, did we? 
We didn't. Uh, we didn't oh, no, it was the year before. It must have been the year before. Because yeah, I was going to say yeah. we got through the groups last year. And yeah, I was going to say, way. yeah, yeah. Um, ammonia. Um, it's good for jellyfish things, I've heard. Um, <laughs> no, it's in Nicosia, though, isn't it? And it's an hour away from Napa, which if the game was in the summer would be great for the fucking 18-year-old lads who mm. were going to be going. But I've never heard of them. Neil Lennon manages them. That's all I know. Yeah. Winning and lost in the Cyprus League. I've had a look. Done some they? intense research. And wow. then we've got Sheriff uh, Tiraspol as well, which obviously Inter beat. and Madrid, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did they beat Inter as well? I'm sure they did, because they were only missed out on like by like a point or goal difference or something like that. It was very close. It was final yeah. day stuff. Let me have a quick look. Uh, you carry on, and we'll, I, yeah. I, I, I want to know this now. But, you know, I was cheering on the Sheriff boys last season, but I we're was, rivals. Yeah. We're rivals this season. Yeah, here um, we go. I do like that their badge is literally a Sheriff's badge as well. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it, it's quite good. But, I mean, I don't really start to care about the Europa League at all. Until, until... about the semis, really. Yeah, semis, I'd say. But, yeah. and we will go through what I want starting to starting 11 to be. Um, my... Um, Mine has 11 changes, so... Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, by the From way, the weekend. Jerry for three points off it. But I remember they were top after mm. the first three games because he got two two wins in a draw or something. Mm. Good effort, though. I mean, you finished five yeah. points above Shakhtar, who, you know, are a decent size. Yeah, I I didn't hear, I hadn't heard of them before last season, the Champions no, League. No, I'd not. No, I'd not. From um, Moldova, I believe, or Montenegro, one of them. Something like that. Uh, I want to say Moldova. I want to say Moldova too. Yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. Is that your final answer? Yes. Um, do you want me to do my starting 11 for the game? Yeah. Um, Dubravka. Oh, fucking... No. Do you know what? I'm going to go with what I want to see. So a bit of rotation, but equally not just shit, because I'm going. So I'm putting Deleu in, because I don't want to see Wambasaka touch a football ever again for any team. Mm. I would have... You know, Laird would have been great, but he's not here. Um... Lindelof and Maguire, Luke Shaw, Casemiro, um, Frisch, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Donny's injured, so... Oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe do... Yeah, maybe... I think he is. Maybe a bit of an experiment and put Sancho at the number 10, see how it goes. And then Alanga, mm-hmm. Anthony, Ronaldo. Something like that. Something a bit different. I don't just want to see the shit. So I'm going. Yeah, so I, I actually think Donny's don't care. Injured. I think, yeah, yeah, I get. I know what you're going to say. I know what yours is going to be. Um, okay. Well, if Donny is injured, I've just changed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realise that. So, Dubravka in goal. Um, Aaron Wambasaka, and I want him to get as much of the ball as possible for you. Um, uh, Shaw, uh, Maguire and Lindelof. Um, Fresh and Casemiro. And I'll put Bruno in there if Donny's injured. Yeah. Like, he, he has to play. And then I've got Garnacho on the left-hand side. Oh, shout, shout. Get get Ronaldo out. Get Ronaldo out. We'll put Malanga up front and we'll have fucking Anthony and Garnacho on the wings for me. I think this is my time. Sorry, mate. Actually. Yeah, sorry. Um, Ilanga on the right-hand side and CR7 up front. Ooh. So, so it is, I can see the irony that Ronaldo wants to leave for a Champions League club. He hasn't started the, any of the Premier League matches. He's like taking the piss out and, of him, isn't it? That's the only game yeah, he's getting minutes in, really. Starting him in the Europa League. He's going to be walking that... out of a face like a slapped ass in the out that tunnel. Got me trudging yeah. out. But yeah. he needs to, really. I mean, Rashford has been, he's been, you know, I, I, I think Rashford looks best when he's chasing down lost causes. I mean, the, it's very. Um, we need Ronaldo to play to give. Rashford a, a rest and we don't want to get him injured because if Rashford's injured then obviously we will have to play uh, Ronaldo um, so yeah I think R- Ronaldo has to start for, for me but yeah what what was our yeah. differences you said Ronaldo out the team and, and I went because you mentioned Garnacho and Garnacho Alanga Anthony right okay yeah yeah so you want Anthony to start or Garnacho Ronaldo Anthony yeah. I think Anthony will start so you think you want Anthony to start up top? No, Alanga up top or Ronaldo. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Alanga has played up top before. Yeah, I, I think it will be Ronaldo. I don't think we. Yeah, can, we can no, start I think I, I think it will be too. Yeah, and finally, a uh, score prediction. I'm gonna go. My heart head says one nil, but I want to see another goal, so I'm gonna go two nil. That's my prediction. A nice, yeah. safe two nil. I'm hoping I can get the Friday off. 
get a few beers in and just yeah. enjoy myself and not have to worry about the actual game. Basically. Boys, boys, boys. Lads, 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 lads. Tits, fanny, beer and fucking football, boys. <laughs> All a man needs, eh? I'm going to go with a 3-2 win. It's going to be a classic. Yeah. Um, Shaw and Maguire. Uh, sorry. Um, well, yeah. Shaw Maguire and Lindelof back in there. And Wambasaka. It's a classic Oli back four. And yeah. I think we'll ship goals because of it. Uh, and which will only fill me with with confidence and, you know, that and just excitement that on uh, the weekend we're going to see the back four of dreams again. We're going to see the, so, the, the big boys. Yeah. The real team. The real quiz. Yes. Exactly. Lovely. Exactly. So I think that uh, is it for the podcast. Dill, yeah. take us away about the, the socials and where to find the podcast. Okay. This is my little bit that bit of responsibility that gives me, gives me to keep me sweet. Um, <laughs> he takes all the royalties and stuff. But um, yeah, anyway, so... Um, Devil Mate, in the on detail. Spotify, yeah. On Spotify, it's just listed. I'm not even there. No, I know. Well, I'm, I'm tried, co-host. I tried, I tried, I tried. Your name. We've been through this. We've been through this. Let it go. It is what it is. Um, anyway, if Dex stops moaning, I'll try and get the socials out. So, are we me. all good, Dex? Is that all right with you? Yeah. 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 Go for it. Right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. So it's Devil in the Detail Pod on TikTok. I need to do some more editing and post some more clips on there and something such a lazy cunt. So go follow that for more clips and to see our faces if you listen to this on Spotify. Apart from that, Devil in the Detail podcast on, well, just Devil in the Detail, actually, on all podcast apps, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Google Podcasts, your nan's tits, and it's on YouTube as well. I'm Dill Sweaty Ramble on TikTok. Deck is RNA underscore Deck on TikTok. Find us on Instagram, find us on Twitter, find us on fucking everything. All right, there you go. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And... Give us a five-star five rating of why your nan has got a hairy arsehole. And we'll end it on that. Right, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao, hairy arsehole. Hairy arsehole.